Talkers. Welcome to Speak and Destroy, episode 94. Speak and Destroy is a podcast featuring interviews about Metallica, and I'm your host, Ryan J. Downey. My guest this episode is Zarya. Now, you may have come across this story on Loudwire or some other metal or rock site a little while back, but let me give you this quick rundown about this episode's guest. So Zarya is uh, well-known on TikTok. She makes music in the R&B and hip-hop genre. She has videos, uh, just, you know, TikTok-type videos of just her laid-back, chill personality, uh, cracking jokes about different things, making observations about dating and relationships and that sort of stuff. Uh, Videos, TikTok videos with millions of views. So in one of her videos... She happened to be wearing a Metallica Ride the Lightning shirt and got a bunch of comments from dudes going, yeah, right, you like Metallica, or yeah, oh, okay. And one of the comments said, uh, yeah, name three Metallica songs. So I'm going to play you right here the video that she posted the next day responding to name three Metallica songs. Okay, so the other day I posted this video of me in a Metallica shirt and people were like, name three Metallica songs. I bet you don't even like Metallica. So my response to you guys is like, really? Only three? Only three songs? How about I play them on guitar for you? Also, sorry when I do this. It's my guitar face, so don't make fun of me. What else can we do? Inner Sandman, everybody knows that. And even though this video is not about my guitar playing, it's about how I know the songs, someone's gonna criticize me for not doing lead, so here's that little fun thing in one. So social media does not do a very good job of showing the full range of who someone is. I am a huge Metallica fan, um, and I grew up playing guitar. Just because I sing R&B music doesn't mean I can't like metal. Okay, so after that happened, um, (laughs) Metallica themselves caught wind of it and recognized it and gave her props. And I will let her tell the whole story from here. But this was a very cool and fun conversation and a great lesson about gatekeeping. Remember, you can follow Speak and Destroy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as subscribe to the YouTube channel. Patreon supporters get access to bonus episodes called from my interview archives over the years. Interviews with folks like Glenn Danzig, Randy Blythe from Lamb of God, Kirk Hammett, and Serge Tankian from System of a Down. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Downey and on Instagram at SuperheroHQ. And please, if you would be so kind... Go into Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and write a nice little review. Those really do help. So here it is, my conversation with Zarya. This is Speak and Destroy.
I think your story, and this is something we'll get into in our conversation, I'm sure, but I think your story also really ties into social media and internet culture and this uh, divisiveness. And, uh, you know, I, I, I find that from a philosophical point, a lot of people are so busy defining themselves on what they don't like, that it, it's, it's so much more, there's so much more courage involved in putting yourself out there and advocating for things you do like. I did an interview recently uh, with my buddy Ronnie from the band Falling in Reverse, and he was pointing out how uh, just for the sake of it, he decided to look up wind on YouTube. And it's just 10 hours of the sound of wind that people play to like go to sleep to and stuff. And it has thousands of dislikes. Mm. He's like, dude, people go online to look up wind and cute puppies and babies to click dislike and talk smack. So it's like, there's, there's just something about that. Um, so yeah, so obviously the anchor for us talking was your experience where you're on TikTok, you're wearing a Metallica shirt. Internet people, as internet people tend to do, go, oh, oh yeah, oh, you like Metallica? Yeah, name three Metallica songs. And you had the <laughs> ultimate, most badass comeback <laughs> of all time. Um, so if you're not sick to death of talking about it, why don't you walk me through that a little bit? And then we can talk about what came sure. after and the responses and everything. Yeah, so basically I was... I was at a point with my music where I had I had just put out uh, an album, an R&B album. I felt like this isn't really performing how I wanted it to. And I had always had this thing in the back of my head that's like, you need to get back to your roots, which I would say is rock music. You know, rock and metal is pretty much all I, all I listened to in high school. But when I started to make music, it's like, that's not easy to make. It's really easy to make rap or R&B. So that's what I was doing. Um, and I and I did well with it, but but I was always like, okay, I've got to start like incorporating back in this this stuff that's like important to me, which is like playing guitar and drums and just other kinds of music, right? So I was like, well, a good way to start bringing the rock stuff back in is to dress like I like rock. So I put on my Ride the Lightning shirt. I've had it for years, and you know, I was I was messing around on TikTok doing a you know all the TikTok stuff. And I get the comment, you know, well, I got several comments, which is like, you don't even like Metallica. You uh, name three Metallica songs was the, the one that really did it. So I was at the bar when I saw the comment and I, I was like, I showed my boyfriend. I was like, look, at, look what this dude just said. You don't even like Metallica. I'm like, what's he talking about? Um, but I had never really posted a lot about that on TikTok. It's more just like, you know, look at my face, da, 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 whatever. Yeah. Which made it all the um, much cooler, by the way. <laughs> exactly. So it, it was very unexpected. Like it was like a double side. That's why it really worked. And in hindsight, you know, it's it was a good thing. But anyway, uh, the next day, because I, I, I was a little too, I tried to make the video the last night, but the, the drinks were hitting too hard and the <laughs> guitar playing was suffering. So the next day I put the video together and I didn't put that much effort into it. Like I didn't like try to look nice or anything like I didn't have any makeup on I was just like I was really just trying to say fuck you to this guy right but then like when I woke up the next day it had 40,000 views and I was like <laughs> dude I didn't expect that to get any views and then like progressively 
I think within a, a few days, like Loudwire had posted it. And really it was like the internet that made it blow up more than TikTok. It only got 500,000 mm. views on TikTok. I've had videos get millions of views and like not have the same widespread effect that that yeah. video did. So it really went viral more so like on the internet, like. Almost like Instagram traditional media in a, in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, of course it did. Yeah, like you said, Loudwire and Billboard and eventually the band saw it and posted about it i think in their stories right yeah um and mm-hmm. that just had to be the ultimate uh, kind of the ultimate victory in terms of yes, the that F-U. was the goal <laughs> that was a goal like by the end of it because at first i was like you know what this is cool but the more attention it got i'm like okay wait loudwire posted i'm like does kirk hammock like look at loudwire I'm like is he gonna yeah. see this and then i was like okay i have to like somehow get it to the band like and then like people people were just like helping me like tons of just guitar players like Justin Bieber's guitarist like followed me on Instagram put it on his story like was trying to send it to them like other people from like I'm not even trying to like name drop just like all types of fucking metal bands were like dude yeah I'm gonna send this to them and like the support was just crazy and unreal so yeah no, eventually and, they and, saw and it. don't feel like it's name dropping because that's what we do here we talk about all the bands and all the different people that love metallica and, and yeah uh, i think some of the folks who've even been on the show had turned me on to the article in the first place that was oh, cool. i think it was the loudwire article was even how i heard about it or maybe just before that and i'm like yeah. you know because i'm a fan and because i do the podcast that people text and send me and dm me everything metallica related all the time you know sometimes i'll be seeing a meme for like the sixth time and i'll be like i don't want to say i've seen this five other times you know (laughs) right right yeah i figure "Ah, i feel seen whenever people send me that stuff (laughs) yeah sure they know it's nice they think of me when they see it yeah and you know it gets into a whole conversation i think about gatekeeping where you know i grew up in the midwest i'm generation x i was into punk rock and skateboarding and metal and all of that and it was a time where you could identify people that liked what you liked kind of by how they dressed and whatever and and it was so small and then at a certain point like anything cool it gets bigger you know and it's Mm -hmm. like i loved reading comic books when i was little and it wasn't cool and now Marvel movies are the biggest movies anywhere ever of all time. And it's like, I celebrate that. I love it. I love that this stuff that I loved got bigger and more successful. It doesn't offend me for other people to discover it. And I, I think whenever there's this thing where Justin Bieber, when he's worn a Metallica shirt or Megan Fox wearing Megadeth shirts or stuff like that, that pops up Kanye West, and people go, oh, that's a poser that, you know, they probably don't even know anything about that band or whatever. On the one hand, it's just a shirt. It, let's say that it, it, at the base level, let's say worst case scenario that someone is like, I think this shirt looks cool and I'm wearing it just for that fact. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> but beyond that, and I've always thought one of the great things about Metallica is that, you know, they get asked this question. People ask them like, oh, have you seen this picture of this person wearing your shirt and every time they're like yeah it's cool yeah you know yep. um jerry only when uh, somebody from five seconds of summer wore a misfit shirt on some big award show and so people were asking jerry only in every interview for like weeks after like do you see that kid from five seconds of summer wearing a misfit shirt and 
He's like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, too cliche anymore to like even yeah. say stuff like that. It's like, really? Come on. But yeah, I mean, my my problem with it is that as a person who really loves and enjoys rock music as a young person, I can just see it dying for like the people my age. Right. Because there's so many older people who are just into gatekeeping it and not allowing other people to enjoy it and i think that's even like that's the ultimate disservice to rock music it's like to let it die and like younger kids are no longer discovering it or they think it's just like the music that their dad listens to mm-hmm. and like i had a different experience because i found rock music myself and i because i played guitar well really i played guitar because of rock music but I had a sort of different thing. It wasn't like my dad's playing this. It was like, it was very like real for me to discover rock music. So it's like a really big part of who I am. And just like people my age didn't even understand what was happening with the Metallica thing. Like they don't get it. I'm like, do you understand this is the biggest band in the world? Arguably, you know what I'm saying? Like they just don't have the same understanding of it. Yeah. It reminds me also of uh, when the band Blackville Brides came along like maybe 10 years ago and they were all 19, 20 and older metal fans and some older metal bands were like, Oh, these guys are posers. These are little kids and look at their makeup and whatever. And you know, something Andy from Blackville said to me way back then when they were on the ascendance is he was like, let's just say for the sake of argument that our band is terrible and that we're not great. And we're not as good as we're not as good as Led Zeppelin. We're not as good as Metallica or whatever give us a chance. If you're dismissing us on our first record, you know, how are we going to have an opportunity? How will there ever be bands that will be able to find themselves and create their own identity and get three or four records deep and become those bands? If you're constantly just being dismissed because you're not those bands. So yeah, I I think you're totally right. That's a big problem uh, for this whole part of the culture this gatekeeping and this uh, sort of ageism that happens where yep. people are dismissed if they're not young or cool, or if they weren't there, they don't know. And it's like, I mean, even, even for me being on the other end of that now, I remember as a kid, it was like, I wasn't around when minor threat was around or when the misfits were around the first time or when black flag was touring. And so like when I was getting into punk and hardcore and stuff like that, there were always people of generations older than me that were like, Pfft you don't know what it's like. Like it's already over. Like everything yeah. now is lame. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's some element of that. I think that's going to persist no matter what, but I think, you know, someone with your influence and your audience doing what you did and the way that you did it is just so perfect. It's like the kind of thing that needs to happen more, you know, to keep this moving forward. Yeah, there's a there's another guy that actually like um, Loudwire did an interview with him too, and I was I'd sort of like been seeing him in the TikTok world and algorithm and all that, but he's like his name's Jarris Jarris Johnson. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah, and he just did that song with uh, Jacoby Shaddix. Yes, and okay, yeah, yeah, he's done fucking like Papa Roach. He's done Bullet for My Valentine like or not bullet for my valentine um bring me the horizon sorry but like just like the power of that app is so crazy it's like you show you've got all this support for something and then people are like okay fuck it like well you know we'll give you a chance so that's sort of been like did he do the bring me song 
from like a few years ago that just caused it to like blow up a whole bunch it was it was can you feel my heart yeah that song see this is me being on the other end of that and not <laughs> being that aware of the tiktok ecosystem mm-hmm. i've watched the rock charts and that bring me song is from like 2013 or something and it's just yep. like blown up and someone told me like yeah a tiktoker got a hold of it <laughs> that's why yeah dude like songs huge again it's it's absolutely insane like i think i think the thing right now is like they're just saying can you feel my heart with like this weird edit going on and like a ton of people see it and they're like this is a good song and they go and listen to it i'm like this is this is a good thing like for especially for independent artists which i am and like anyways people like jaris are just so like inspiring to me because you you see the power of, of what you can do yeah with something like that absolutely and it reminds me of you know from like a historical perspective hip-hop in the late 80s and early 90s sampling um not only rock songs but i mean james brown had like a whole second life because of hip-hop it's like he was already you know in the culture like that oh that's your parents music and you know he was on like the oldies circuit and then all these rappers started sampling all this old funk and old soul and all of a sudden parliament and James Brown and all this stuff was cool again. And they were like touring and they were big, you know, and for anyone who was like, Oh rap, they're just, they're just taking old records and like chopping them up and taking these little parts. And, you know, it's, there's no art to that. It's like, there's so much art to it. And all Mm -hmm. it does is, is open up new audiences and new generations to that great stuff. You know, I think it's, and to me, that's what, you know, on its best day, a lot of um, the TikTok stuff and Vine before that, that's what it's doing for a lot of music that might not otherwise get its day in court with younger people. Yeah, that's that's a big part of it. And that's part of what what I've sort of felt like has been my new mission lately. It's like, okay, this, this genre of music is really important to me and these kids don't see it. And there's too many people gatekeeping it. And I'm like, look, I may get a lot of hate for trying to like do rock music and blend it with R&B or, you know, straight up rock music, whatever it is that I want to do. It may get hate, but I think like, I think kids need to hear it. It's, there's just so much repetition going on in the, the mainstream and so much formulaic approach to to the songs that are out and i'm like i'm kind of sick of listening to this shit like there's something needs to be different and i'm i'm very ready to to do that yeah and i think that an artist like yourself is uniquely positioned to be able to bridge the gap between different things i mean to me the best artists are really always something you can break down into their you can like reverse engineer the math of it but it's someone combining things that had never been combined before and putting it through their own life experience that makes something new. You know, it's like, you could argue, you know, Metallica is just motorhead plus diamond head with some black Sabbath. And it's like, yeah, but no one had combined those things that way. And then you take this Danish immigrant drummer and, you know, you combine all these ingredients and you get something new. And I think that's where, Mm -hmm a lot of great stuff comes and so i feel like you're in a really cool spot where you could do something really incredible yeah i'm uh i'm i'm looking to put out a few songs soon and the the first one is 
very like traditionally R&B in the the verse sections and then the the hook is kind of more rock and I was like very adamant about having my guitar in there and having distortion because it makes it feel more impactful to me and I I found that when I was doing just plain old like R&B or hip-hop live I'm like what do I do with my hands like where's (laughs) where's my guitar that's where that's where that's where you get a lot of this (laughs) yeah yeah, I don't know I just I just felt like bored I felt bored on stage because in high school you know I would I would perform rock songs and I would perform like technical things on the guitar and it was you had to prepare to perform like you had to practice you don't have to practice lip singing your song or like (laughs) just getting up there and fucking like gesturing about like I I just got (laughs) bored of it and I was like this is not entertaining and I really like I'll sit and watch Metallica shows for hours because they're fucking entertaining yeah you know what I mean I can't I love rap music but I can't say the same about I'm not going to look up Drake and watch a Drake concert it's not the same thing yeah And, and there's something there's like an athleticism to a show like a Metallica show where there's so much physicality that's being put into the performance like you can't you can't phone it in or else it's yep. just not going to work. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I was reading a couple other interviews with you before we, you know, were, were knowing that we were going to speak. And I saw that you heard Inner Sandman was the first Metallica song that you heard and then became the first riff that you learned on guitar. Can you tell me about that? Yes. I was in fifth grade when I first heard it. And my teacher was showing like the Virginia Tech Hokies coming in and I I didn't care about that when I heard the song I'm like wait what is that and then she would play it and so I was kind of like okay this is Metallica but I was in fifth grade so I didn't really have the means to start you know searching that and then when I was in eighth grade I had a another teacher playing Saint Anger and I really looked up to that teacher a lot and you know Saint Anger is very different and and a lot Mm -hmm. of Metallica fans don't like it I do love it, by the way. But at the time, I'm like, okay, so this is also Metallica, Inner Sandman. I'm like trying to put things together. I didn't love it at the moment. (laughs) But eventually, I was like, okay, I do like this band a lot. And then, so that was my eighth grade year. Ninth grade, I only listened to Metallica. And that is not a joke. Like, I listened to their entire discography. And I was just exploring it album by album. And I was just going through. And I'm like... This is my favorite band. What else do you need? Amazing. Um, but anyway, ninth grade was when I also got my first guitar. So it, it just sort of went hand in hand, just, yeah. just exploring that stuff. And when I really got into it that year, I was like, I could play the guitar. Like, I could figure it out. And um, I definitely did. And I spent a lot of time just playing the guitar. It made me really happy because I was like, wow, I can make this. Like, I can do what they're doing. So it it was it was great to have as a kid and it it kept me out of trouble you know I wasn't like not to not to put myself on a high horse but like I was just being a nerd like sitting at home trying to figure out how to play Metallica and Steve Vai so it was was, (laughs) I was very different for that reason so that's killer yeah and like you said what more do you need right I mean there's so many and this comes up on the show all the time there are so many bands and so much music that's kind of all branches from the Metallica tree. I mean, David Ellison from Megadeth is the first one who said that to me. And I think about that all the time now, when you, even just in the direct connections of obviously Dave Mustaine being in Metallica and Carrie King was in Megadeth at one point. And 
the way that all those bands intersect and how Metallica is just such a big part of the root of of all that stuff and then the way that they lead backwards because for me getting into Metallica meant discovering you know Diamond Head and Merciful Fate and the Misfits and all the stuff that they were influenced by themselves they were always so celebratory about what they're into so it's really cool and kind of shocking almost to think about you having teachers that put this stuff in front of you so what what was that what was that school experience all about I mean that's just hard for me to wrap my head around because I never had teachers that were anywhere near cool enough (laughs) yeah I don't know I think I mean I was I I've always paid a lot of attention to music not so much in school but like (laughs) I will pay attention to to those things and and I don't know maybe I was just like sort of meant to find it and I think like the more that I looked back on like what just happened and like the fact that a band that I looked up to so much is like now they follow me on Instagram. I talk, whoever runs their account, I pretend it's the whole band that I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. But like they talk to me and I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, this shit like all was sort of planned out to happen and it happened for a reason. So, you know, maybe it's not the case that many teachers are like playing this kind of stuff, but that's just the way the, the cookie crumbled. So they say, yeah. I don't know. I just went to regular old like public schools in a very small town. That's, like you said, the luck of the draw or, or some sort of divine <laughs> intervention and putting that plan together. That's so killer. And I love that they're, that the band and their team have always continued to have their ear to the ground and to pay attention to what's happening. And, and because they don't have to, you know, no. they're like you said, they're the biggest band in the world. They don't, you know, they don't need to take out opening acts. <laughs> all, all those tickets are sold before the lineup is even announced. And right. yet they they are constantly paying it forward to to bands that they've influenced and stuff like that. So going from Inner Sandman, which was you know famously a Kirk Hammett riff that was rearranged by Lars, what, what were some of the next songs that you tackled? And and the secondary part to that question, when you put on your guitar right now, if you're warming up or just riffing around or whatever, what are some of the more likely things to come out of your hands like you know what riffs are you usually just kind of your go-to comfort zone yeah well okay so the first question i would i would say um probably something like crazy train or wherever i may roam i know i was nothing else matters it's a very simple just little pick you know so all of those sort of at the same time you know the simple stuff like iron man i don't know yeah um you know probably probably not too 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 different than any other guitar player that's like trying to learn i I do remember though that um i felt like i was finally playing the guitar when i could play um the chords to boulevard of broken dreams and like that's so simple but i just loved you know the song and i was like okay and I, I can like still remember when I got to play it, like, and I was doing the the strumming pattern and I was like, okay, like I can play the guitar. And so just those little victories is like what yeah. really kept me in it. Yeah, those moments where it all connects and you're like, I'm that thing I love, I'm making it right now. Like I'm that's, creating it. Um, it. Yeah, super cool. Absolutely. And in terms of today, 
I honestly don't know. Like the stuff that I'm doing on my record na- records now is just sort of like soloing. Like I, I like to put I like to put a guitar solo in, in the songs now because I'm like, wow, this adds like a whole nother dimension. And I feel like the guitar solos in, in non-rock music are just kind of dying. That it's not really mm-hmm. a standard practice anymore. And I'm like, this yeah. this is cool and this is like something unique to me. So I've started to do that. But in terms of like just warming up, I don't know, man. Like <laughs> maybe some red hot chili pepper stuff. I don't know. I'm not very religious about the the guitar anymore. Um, it's just sort of like something that I'm bringing back in, but the solos are like what's really coming out of that. And those are very Kirk Hammond inspired, I will say. Nice. Um, just a, those sort of like bluesy approach to mm-hmm. it's not super shreddy because I don't sit and practice all the time, but I'm like, what are the notes that need to be in this part? And like, do they need to be bends do they need to be slides and because i've listened to so much rock it's like i know exactly what i want and what i'm going for and it actually makes me a better guitar player because i hear it before i play it so instead of like sitting and practicing like i probably should i just try to like do it more intuitively and so far it's really it's really worked out and and i don't claim to be like some sort of virtuoso because i'm not but um not there's just not many like r&b artists who are like incorporating a lot of rock so i think where i'm at i'm very happy with yeah it's and what you're describing and your attitude and your approach to it i think is very similar to a day mustaine or a kirk hammett in that you know not to say that they aren't shredders of course but that the solos and the stuff they create is much more about feel and much more intuitive and it's not look how fast I can play, look how many notes I can play, look how this, listen to this crazy scale or whatever. It's more in service to the song. I think about that with Kirk solo playing in particular. Yeah, like you said, it, it's very blues based. It has that, there's like some Stevie Ray Vaughan in there <laughs> in addition to like the Michael Schenker and whatever, you know, shreddy stuff that he that he probably grew up loving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that's that. in service of the song. And, and I think you're, you know, my sense of you is that you're more of a musician and a songwriter overall than a guitar person. And you know what I mean? Like in that sense of like, there's some people that are just on their gig is just to be a hired gun and show up and shred. And you're thinking about the bigger picture. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to be a guitar player at one point. I like my, my biggest achievement with just being a guitar player was I got to play with a symphony orchestra and I was like the main act and I played in front of like 300 people, but that was kind of the end of that once I, and then I thought, okay, well, I'll just keep going with this, this hip hop and, and R&B stuff. And I thought it was fun, but then I, I got to a certain point with it. Like I was telling you, like, what, what am I doing on stage? Like where, what am I supposed to do with my hands? This is not entertaining. Like, I'm not entertaining like these guys that I look up to. So I went about trying to change that. Yeah, that's cool. And I love that you mentioned about the guitar playing in pop music in general and the solos. Cause I think about like when I was in elementary school 
and Eddie Van Halen is playing on Michael Jackson hits, you know, and it yes. was like, there was much more of a synergy and much more of an attitude of with pop songs that like you, you wanted to bring in the big guns for some of those parts. I guess now I think about Nuno Betancourt playing with Rihanna is <laughs> kind of the modern equivalent of that. Yeah. You know, this rock shredder in the R and B world. You know, you were talking about, stuff that you're working on right now do you have any kind of plan as far as uh, what you'll be releasing or, or how it'll be coming out or obviously everything's different in the pandemic landscape with performing and all of that but what's sort of on the horizon for you right now yeah i mean i have i have a few records that i've done that are sort of still getting finalized and it's it's been a sort of a transitional period for me trying to figure out okay, who knows how to mix rock vocals? Because I was doing R&B before and they're like, wait a second, what are you doing now? You're yelling, like, we don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like last week I did a rock record that was supposed to come back and the guy's like, look, I just don't know how to mix this. And so I need to, to outsource that. Like somebody else is going to have to do it. But I do have one that is ready and that is the, the sort of like R&B rock sort of you know fusion thing and i really like that song i'm just waiting to hear back from the studio to get all the paperwork done and i think within the next few weeks we'll have it out and ready um i got the the album cover back and i was like this is it, it looked sort of like a tool um tool inspired uh cover art but I was like, I don't know if this is too weird or if it's like <laughs> yeah. weird in a good way. So we'll have to see about that one. But yeah, that one, that one will come out very soon. And then following that, I've got a couple more rock records and I was supposed to be shooting today. Later today, we're in San Francisco. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, I was thinking like about the Metallica ties here but yeah you're, uh, you're like do I just show up to HQ <laughs> to I'm see like, who's around <laughs> maybe I'll run into to someone but um that hasn't happened yet <laughs> you should you should you should drop them a line and let them know that you're like you're around you know <laughs> maybe Lars wants to have you on his radio show that he does with Apple oh shit you never know before we wrap up I want to ask you what were some of your favorite reactions and responses you got through this whole experience obviously knowing that metallica was is aware of it was the top but um what was i mean whether it was surprising whether it was hilarious whether it was weird what were some of the things that that came about that you were super stoked on well the first thing was like metallica's response made me cry <laughs> i was <laughs> like they literally they uh the their page posted something to the effect of like much love your your talent is speaks volumes or something like that and I was like oh, I was just crying but awesome. um yeah uh there was another Instagram page that had posted it that had like millions of followers and I think that that's what really ended up boosting my engagement on my page and one of the people who came out of that was was Miley Cyrus wow. and um so she had followed me and I didn't notice for a few days and then when I did I was like what the fuck <laughs> and I, 
I like send her a message and I was like, just to let you know, if you ever need anyone to do guitar, you know, uh, she was like, yeah, let's do it. So really haven't heard back from her on that, but just the fact that like that came out of it and she's, she's killing it in the, in the rock sort of charts yeah, right now. That rock record is super cool. It's got that like plasmatics inspired album cover. And she's been saying, I don't know what the status of it is, but I'm sure you know this too. She's been saying in interviews that she's doing a Metallica cover record yes so you gotta be on that <laughs> that's gotta be the next I'm like, step come on now let's do it let's get this done but yeah that was that was probably the the coolest thing out of that and um just like super just like down to earth another really big metallica fan is dan Cantor. um he played uh guitar for justin bieber for mm-hmm. a really long time i guess he still does but he's a super nice guy i got to you know you know have it's a small interaction with him but just and like slayers basis had followed me just like different little things that were like wow this is really this is actually like really viral and like that was the only video i've had videos get like millions of views but that one with like four or five hundred thousand is the only one i would say is like actually legitimately viral yeah well, that's awesome. And the way that it it has crossed beyond what you, I mean, you know, obviously building any kind of audience is incredible and you've built a significant one in the TikTok world, but to have then transcended the boundaries of that outside of your normal audience, it's just, it's like a one in a million kind of thing. It's pretty oh, great. Absolutely. It was, it was just like the perfect thing and the perfect time, honestly, because I, like I said, I was like, I've got to do this like rock thing. And the first, the first thing I did, that was just the most authentic version of myself that I had ever posted on that app is like, what did it? And I was like, no longer am I going to fuck around trying to like, look like something else. I'm like, I guess I'm pretty cool and I need to like, just be myself. Yeah. Well, and it's so cool that that purity and that earnestness and it kind of brings it full circle because that's, the Metallica spirit that's what their whole thing was always about was unpretentious and and without you know of course they wanted to conquer the world but they weren't sitting around going how can we get on the charts or they were just like we want to make the stuff that we love and if people like it cool if they don't who cares mm-hmm. and I love that yeah this everything that's happening for you right now is is thanks to this really punk rock moment where you're just like sitting there reading some hater comments going like man fuck this guy Oh, can I name any songs? How about this? It's just, it's so cool. And I think if continuing with that attitude is going to serve you well as you go forward in your art and the stuff that you make and, you know, the right people respect that and that means the world. So, well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day in San Francisco, but yeah, uh, well, don't be a stranger. Um, Keep in touch and you know, without, without being a punisher, you, you got to stay on Miley. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> cause that, I, cause getting on that Metallica line. records, the perfect, like, that's yeah, the I'm perfect like, hey, moment. You still doing that? You still doing yeah. the Metallica stuff? I know all their songs. I was going to say, saying. somebody's got to play those leads for her. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks again for doing this. I appreciate it. I'll, I'll let you know when it goes up. Ah, thank you. Just let me know. And I'd, I'd love to listen to it. All right, cool. Have a good rest of your day. All right, you too.